0: Welcome everybody to our brand new series, Summer Playlist. Thank you so much for being a part of this service today. Hey, did you catch that line that Pastor Neil uh, just read for us from Psalm 46? God is always ready to help in times of trouble. This is a song of certainty or of confidence Which is great. We need that. Actually, experts tell us, especially now, they always tell us this, but especially right now, what we need is certainty. If we want to live a full life, a free life, a healthy life, then we've got to make certainty a priority. And so this is a song of certainty. It comes out of the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is the biggest book in the Bible. You think, Why did God make the biggest book in the Bible, a song book, 150 songs? Because songs, music touches us so deeply. It moves us. It inspires us. It comforts us. And the book of Psalms is a very unique book. Has the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. Has the shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117. And right in between is Psalm 118. And some people say, That is the very center of the Bible. Now, I don't know that for sure because it takes advanced math to do it. But anyway, there you go. Jesus, he didn't just read the Psalms because the Psalms aren't meant to be just read. They're meant to be experienced. He sang the Psalms. He prayed the Psalms. Tim Keller says in his book, he does a devotional book with his wife called The Songs of Jesus. He says this, the Psalms fire our imaginations into new realms. That's what the songs are meant to do. We are meant to experience. And I hope today that you can experience a touch of confidence and certainty from this great song. Now, two really big things are happening here. Nations are in chaos and nature is in chaos. Nations and nature. Does it get any bigger than that? Man, the whole world is in chaos. It says that earthquakes are happening in this psalm, Psalm 46, earthquakes. In addition to that, it says that the mountains are sliding or they're crumbling into the sea. You know, for them, a mountain, nothing was more solid, more sure more immovable than a mountain. It's like, that'll never happen. A mountain could never crumble. It could never slide into the sea. Oh, but here it, here it has happened. And we have a connection with them now, don't we? Because many of us, I know I did, I never th- would have thought that we would have to go through quarantine. This'll never happen. Well, the mountain will never slide into sea. Quarantine will never happen. But it has happened so nature is in chaos and notice where it goes it goes into the sea and for them the sea represented maximum chaos if you'll notice if you open your bible to the very first chapter genesis chapter 1 in the very few verse a uh, few uh, sentences there in the beginning you'll see that god's spirit was hovering over the deep waters the deep waters are maximum chaos and there's god what can god do with maximum chaos can God transform it somehow? And God transforms the maximum amount of chaos, the deep seas, and he transforms them into a cosmos. God takes chaos, just disorder, and he transforms it into a cosmos. This is why many of the greatest uh, scientists from the scientific revolution, people like Newton and Bacon and Boyle and Kepler and on and on the list goes. Newton considered to be by many the greatest scientists ever. He wrote more on theology than he did on science because they looked into creation and they saw a cosmos, they saw order and they said, someone must be behind all of this because we should have chaos, but we have a cosmos, right? So God can take chaos. He can take chaos in nature. He can take chaos nationally and he can take chaos that's happening to us personally and he can turn it into a cosmos, into an order. God can transform it. It says the nations are in chaos nations in verse number six they're just they're just experiencing tremendous amount of chaos now chaos in scripture and chaos in our life in our own experience is always there lurking isn't it it's just lurking it's ready to spring into action sometimes it springs into action through nature through an earthquake or a tsunami or a global pandemic like what we're experiencing now nationally through a housing crisis that we experienced in 2008 or an act of terror or a terrible, terrible act of injustice like is experienced right now in Minnesota with George Floyd. Or it can be experienced personally through shattered dreams or shattered health. But God in Psalm 46, God is always ready to help. We can be certain of that. Like death, in taxes, God is always ready to help. You can hang your hat on that is what this song is saying. You can hang your hat on that. You can be certain of this, that God is always ready to help in times of trouble. Now, it's interesting. The style of music changes, but the themes, they just tend to stay the same. I was uh, sitting actually in this very room this past week with my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law has been living, my wife, Krista brought her mother-in-law in here uh, to live with us for the past two months during this pandemic. And my goodness, to be the mother of Krista, she treated her like a queen for the past two months. It's amazing. I nicknamed her the queen, actually, um, a long time ago because she could be just a slight bit... Uh, be a slight bit demanding. And I meant it to be a little bit of a slight, but she she flipped the whole thing around on me, doggone it. She flipped the whole thing around on me. She went to her friends and said, Johnny's calling me queen. And they're like, yes, that name suits you perfectly. And she sat up a little straighter and she got a necklace with a crown on it. And she wore that title with great honor. And boy, Krista treated her like a queen for these past two months. I'm very sad to say that my mother-in-law passed away this past week. And she was a great mother-in-law. She was a great mother-in-law and we had a good relationship. My father-in-law, Big Russ, passed away three years ago. And something I've been doing recently in our home with my mother-in-law is I've been playing music that Big Russ, you know, loved because that just meant a lot to her. And I was playing Dean Martin because Big Russ loved Dean Martin. And Big Russ would say, Dean Martin sings like he doesn't care if the words come out of his mouth. (laughs) He just had a, Big Russ had a unique way of saying things. And so I was commenting as Dean Martin was just bellowing out some tune. I said to my mother-in-law, I said, they don't make music like that anymore. And she said, no, they don't. She was so certain. She was so sure that her music was the best music. Well, the styles change, right? But the themes tend to stay the same, right? So there's the themes of love found and love lost and there's freedom and there's fear and there's joy and there's sorrow and there's certainty. The Davis family began this service today with certainty. Uh, Bruno Mars, you can count on me, one, two, three. The words of that song goes, if you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, isn't that interesting? In the middle of a sea. Now, I don't know if Bruno Mars knew about the way that Hebrew scripture looks at the sea as maximum chaos. But he did say, if you find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. You can count on me like one, two, three, I will be there. There's different types of songs. There's psalms of thanks and there's psalms of wisdom, but the most popular psalm of the 150 songs in the book of Psalms that you'll find are psalms of lament. Now, we ask, I ask this question when they're suffering and pain. Ask why. That's the question. Why? Why is this happening? Hurts. It's frustrating. But in Psalms, the psalmist, they don't ask that question. They don't ask why. They ask how long. And maybe one of the reasons why is they ask, how long, is they were so certain that God is always ready to help in times of trouble. And what they're saying is, God, how much longer? We know you want to jump in. Why don't you jump in right now? Like the psalmists were totally in sync with the black-eyed peas who said, let's get it started in here. I mean, that was, the, that was what they said. Let's get it going, man. Let's end this thing. We've gone long enough. I remember years ago, we were experiencing something terrible here in Washington, D.C. This is the D.C. sniper crisis, and many people felt kind of confined during that time, just a little bit like what we do now, because people were people were being shot. It was a terrible time. And I remember there was a group of us, oh, I, at least 15 of us, and we went over uh, to Sue Wong's house, Sue Wong. Uh, who is the greatest evangelist since the Apostle Paul had a Bible study at her house and a bunch of us, uh, we went over there and it was during this crisis and it was that night that in her condo, packed, packed condo, we're having a Bible study and we came to prayer time and we wanted to pray about this whole DC sniper And, man, there was a feeling that came across. I talk with this uh, to Jamie Dahl about this all the time, who was there that night as well. Like, it's come this far. Let's go no farther. God, we know you want to end it. Let's end it now. Let's end it tonight. And, man, we had some serious prayer. There was something just going on in the room. And we just, all of us, in that packed condo, just prayed and prayed and prayed. And it was that night that they caught the D.C. Sniper. Now, I'm not saying that we were responsible solely for that because I know a lot of people, Jamie Dahl thinks that we were solely responsible for that. But, um, you know, there was a feeling. So here's what we'd like to do. This Thursday, June the 4th at 8 p.m., and you can check this out on our YouTube channel, we want to have a live event. We're going to have music, we're going to have worship, and we are going to have concerted Concentrated corporate prayer that God would end this because the psalmists say how long I think this has gone on far too long enough with this pandemic. So let's all gather together. There's something powerful in scripture about coming together through corporate prayer. There's just something special about it. And we're going to do that and say, God, please help us and end this virus that's going on because it's been way too long. God transform this chaos that we're experiencing and instead give us a cosmos. So we're going to do that. This Thursday night, June 4th at 8, uh, at 8 p.m. Now, there's something all of us need to understand. I've had a critical misunderstanding about the way that the scriptures work, seeing it through their eyes. Remember, we're trying to do that through their, through their cultures, through their context. And I've had a critical misunderstanding about something. And I want to share that with you right now. And here's the thing. God will never go around you. He will only go through you. God will never go around you. God will only go through you. Sometimes we say, God, okay, certainty, peace, deliverance, joy, all of these things. Okay, well, bring it. Why aren't you bringing it? Well, here's the thing. God isn't gonna magically bring it from the outside. God will only work through human beings. God will only go through you. God will never go around you. God makes it really clear right in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, Verse number 26 says, and let them have complete authority. Speaking of humanity, let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beast, and over all the earth. God has given that to us and we're thrilled about that. We think that's awesome. Dominion, rule, authority. God will not go back on his word. He will only go through us. We are thrilled that we're not robots. This is a great thing for us. We see that in in, in in Genesis, that God says to Adam, you can name the animals. What's going on there? That rule, that authority is being seen. He's allowing Adam to shape the world. He's allowing human beings. It's like God has given human beings the canvas. He's given us the paint and he's given us the values and the principles for creating a masterpiece. And then God steps back with all that he's given us. is says, okay, paint something beautiful. God will never go around us. He won't come in and like paint something beautiful. He's only gonna do that through us, which is an awesome thing. It's a great thing. But there's another side to that. And that is, is that God is not gonna force anything upon us. God is only gonna work through us. Look, very, very important passage in the Bible, Genesis chapter 12. This is what it says. God speaking to Abraham. says, I will make of you a great nation. And here it is. I'm going to bless you and make your name great. And then notice this, so that you will be a blessing. In other words, I'm gonna bless you, but you're gonna be a channel. I'm gonna flow through you. The world's gonna be blessed. I'm gonna do things. I'm gonna create a cosmos. I'm gonna create order, but it's gonna have to be through you. It can't be around you because God will not go back on it. Now, Rabbi Evan Moffick says this. Now, I've been talking about his, uh, his book and sermons that I've been doing recently. Great book. He says this, Jewish tradition understands human beings as God's partners in the ongoing creation of the world. That is very important that we understand that. Very important. Because sometimes when we're hurting, and I'm hurting, I'm like, God, Why is this happening? Why aren't you coming in? Why aren't you changing this situation? God is not gonna go around us. He's only gonna go through us. He's gotta work changes through human beings because that's the way God set it up. It is an ongoing creation process that God has given us, and we love that, but there's a flip side to that. God won't go around you. I wanna talk about that in just a second. Notice verse number four of Psalm 46. 46. There is a river that brings joy, that brings gladness to the city. What's a city? It's a group of people. All right, when you put a city under siege in their day, like when, when a, a, another army came in and they put a city under siege, what would they do? They'd stop the river up. They would stop the flow. We have to make a decision. God, am I going to allow you to flow through me? Am I going to allow your values and your principles and your will to flow through me and to bring joy to the city? Or am I going to stop it up? Which one am I going to be? Because that's how God's going to create a cosmos. That's how God's going to create something beautiful. That's how God's going to create a masterpiece in this world. He is only going to do it through us. Only. He's not going to go around us. He is only going to go through us. God wants to bring joy. We can be certain of that. The psalmist was certain of that. The Bible is certain of that, but it's only going to be through us. Now, it's very sad, but marriages, when I talk to, to people all the time about their marriage, like, they'll say to me many times, I've been praying for my marriage. I've been praying for my marriage and my spouse isn't changing. And my marriage is in crisis. And I don't even know if I believe in prayer anymore. I don't even know if I believe in God anymore because I've been praying and praying and praying and they're not changing. Well, here's the good thing. I love the fact on my side of the coin, that I'm not a robot. But here's the flip side of the coin. It's trouble because God is not gonna force me to change, which I'm thrilled with. God's not gonna force the person that I'm in a relationship, whether it's marriage or work or friendship or anything else, God's not gonna force them to change either. If that person holds their hand up and says, I want to stop the flow of the river. I want to stop the flow of God. I want to stop the flow of joy and gladness and goodness and blessing to make our family, our world or whatever. They can do that. God's not going to force it because God is only going to flow through us. We have to make our own decisions. But here's what you can be sure of. If you're in a marriage and that other person is, there's a, there's a lot of hurt and pain and it's not changing. You can be certain of this that God's gonna help you whatever decisions that you need to make. If you need to make decisions because of your spouse, because they're not treating you a certain way, because they just persistently and consistently are doing things to hurt you and hurt the marriage, you can be certain of this, God's gonna help you. God's not going to force them to change, but God will be a refuge to you. He'll be a strength to you during your time of trouble. That's how the psalm begins. God will do it for you when you have to make those decisions that you have to make. Now, look, this happens in friendships. This happens in a place of work. God will give you strength. This happens, the terrible injustices that are going on in our world. I mentioned earlier, George Floyd in Minnesota, I What is? There are certain people who are just putting their hands up to God, and you can't force them to change, but you know what you can do? You can be certain of this, is that you allow God to pour through you into your city that God will create a change eventually that goodness will happen, that gladness will happen. And the more people who do that, the greater thing, because God is an ongoing creation process and a partnership with us. We need to understand that. We can be confident. You can be certain that God is there for you. He won't force you to change and he won't force somebody else to change, but God will be there for you. He will be your refuge. Now I wanna close out with this. Verse number 10, it's a very popular verse in the Bible. Psalm forty-six, ten. Be still and know that I am God. We need to know God. Know in Hebrew scriptures means to just, it's not just head knowledge. It's more of an experience. Psalms is about an experience, really experiencing God. Reflect, meditate, pause, contemplate. It has been said that our generation is the least contemplative culture or generation that has ever existed in the history of the world. Why? Because there's so much noise. We wake up every morning and what do we do? We reach for this and it sets the tone for our day. We react to everything that we find on this and the noise, noise just pours in. And what this is calling us to do is to change that to flip the script on that. Instead of the day attacking us, we need to attack the day by charting the course, by starting out with God, reflecting that, God, I am certain of this today that you are here and ready to help me, that I'm gonna start this day. God, I know you're ready to help me and I'm ready to help you and begin to think about who you can help, who you can be a refuge for, who you can be strength for, who do you need to send a text to right now? Who do you need to send an email to right now? Who do you need to write a letter to right now? Who do you need to provide strength for right now? Who do you need to give a gift to right now? Who do you need to pick up your phone and call right now? What do you need to do to allow God to flow through you? To be a refuge, a strength, right? That's how is it an experience we allow God to flow? And so we start our day, we attack our day. I read something years ago about great leaders. One of the things that great leaders have in common is every day they carve out time for silence. They carve out time to think and meditate and to reflect so they can chart the course. You know, when we start our day, we wanna be a leader, we wanna be a difference maker. We start our day and we wire our brain. We start the course, we attack the day instead of reacting to the day. And we say, God, I am sure today that you, want to help me. I am certain of this, that you want to help me, you want to be there for me, you want to be a refuge, you want to be a strength, you want to be with me. And so because you're ready to help me, I'm ready to help you and chart the course, set our brains in motion that way. We're going to begin to do something, you know, some of you have been watching this live at five that we've been doing, and I'm going to I'm going to switch that now. I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. We're going to do it five days a week. We're going to call it Daily Grace. You can find it on our YouTube channel and other social media outlets that we have, but just a quick Practical, Because here's what I found for my life. I need reminders. I need a real short reminder. Oh, yes, that's right. So the reminder for this week is you can be certain of this. God is always, always ready to help. You can hang your hat on that. And what can we do to experience that? Well, the only way we're going to experience that is we say to God, God, you're ready to help me. I'm ready to help you. I'm ready for you to flow through me. And we chart the course. Isaiah says, in Isaiah 6 eight, God says, who can I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah, very famous verse in the Bible says, here I am, send me. Is that you? Will you allow God to, now I'm going to end this way, with string trimmer. I love my string trimmer. Um, I've had problems with string trimmers for the past decade. I've tried to bring uh Order to the chaos of my yard to, sh- you know, shaping it up to make some nice lines. And I, I've had terrible problems with string trimmers because I burn their motors up. The, uh, the string, they say they're easy to change. It's a nightmare. I spend like 15 minutes and then the string, like it just evaporates so quickly. It's gone. And so I'm having to constantly replace the string and it, it says it's supposed to spool out of here easily. That doesn't happen. It's just been a mess. So here's what I did. I researched and researched this thing, and oh my goodness, this is it. This thing has been great, it's powerful. I mean, just listen to the, the power on that thing. It's fantastic, and I tell you what, um there is a company in our neighborhood, is it's run by a gentleman. His name is Jesus. Jesus is a great guy. He actually has helped us at our um at Christa's Parents at their home because they rent their they've been renting their home out. And we'll we've sent them over there from time to time to take care of the yard. This guy is he's such a great guy. He's been working on our our street for a long, long time. I went to him one day and I said, Jesus, I, I noticed that you don't have problems with the string like I do. Um, you know what he said, hey, he gave me like the whole spool. I said, no, no, just tell me where to go to get it. He says, okay, go here and make sure you get this picture. Class. So I got this. So I've got all this power, you're know, right. Of this tremor. And then I put the string on there that Jesus told me about. I'm telling you what, I can cut down small trees with this thing. I would like to take this guard off here, but I won't because I'm afraid that I'm gonna cut my foot off. I mean, this thing is powerful. Now, part of the power of this, let me show you this, everybody. Let me show you this. Part of the power of this is this battery here on the back. I mean, this is a serious battery. You know what I'm saying? This is serious. I'm gonna take this thing off here and I just wanna show it to you, okay? Look at this. Now, Part of the power and the greatness for this string trimmer to turn my chaos into a cosmos in my yard is this battery. It is powerful. And here's the deal. All the power of this battery doesn't mean anything without the string trimmer. It's got to flow through something. God has a lot of power. He's got a lot of power to change this world, to paint a masterpiece in this world, but he's not going to go around you. He's only going to flow through you. So the question is this, will you start every day this week and say, God, reflect, meditate, stop, think on this. God, I know. And I'm certain as your psalm says that you are ready to help me, and I'm ready to help you paint a masterpiece through me and set the set the, the course Chart your course for that day. Attack the day instead of letting the day attack you. God, that's what I want to do. Well, here's what we're getting ready to do. We're going to end because we flipped the script a little bit. We've put the most of our music at the end. And I want to encourage you to hang out. It'll be about 10 minutes. If you're a singer, sing. Now, unless I'm in a room by myself, nobody wants me to sing because I'm a terrible singer. Okay. If you're a singer, sing it out, belt it out. If you're not a singer, reflect and think about the words and think about the certainty of God being that refuge for you and the certainty that God wants you to be a refuge for other people. And take these moments of worship to do that, okay? Now I wanna pray and then we're gonna go to music. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can be certain, we can be confident that you want to help us in our times of trouble. Lord, flow through us. All this week, remind us of this great truth that you want to work through us to create a masterpiece in this world, that you want to take all the chaos of our lives into this world, and you want to create a cosmos. In Christ's name, amen.